Well, Jeff, you want to do the intro? or uh, I can. Go ahead. Let, tell us. Tell them who we are. Do we wait till the music starts? Would you like the music? Okay, fine. We can let that go in. Okay, well, let's, let's play the music then. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. And we genuinely do thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. You know, we had that little intro, but that's that genuinely is how we feel. Yeah. So we do appreciate folks listening. And my name is Jeff Fields. I'm here with my brother, Roger. We're coming to you from Central Kentucky. It's getting ready to turn just absolutely beautiful around here with the leaves uh, beginning to turn a little bit. And um, we enjoy getting together and just kind of having a conversation between the two of us that we um, we invite others to, uh, to listen in on as we talk about... Um, finished work of the cross and God's grace and things that we're discovering um, new uh, new all the time good news gets better and better so hey, I think occasionally it, it's a good idea just to cl- really clarify the angle that we come from yeah that's good um, idea. you know we just believe that as it says in Hebrews that the death of Christ was really the start of the new covenant and that the cross really did change everything and we would say before the cross it was about the law the way to think of the law is that's about what you do for God. And then grace, which is the covenant we're in after the cross, is really depicted by what God has done for us. And so we kind of reject the idea, not kind of, we really reject the idea that there's a lot of religious obligations and things you got to do to stay on God's good side, mm-hmm. that under grace, uh, because of the cross, because of what Christ has done for us, that we're adopted as his kids, his children, um, that we have eternal life, that we have all sin, past, present, and future, all forgiven, and that we can really li- live free um, with what we have, what's been done for us. And so we think that's really the essence of what it means now to live, we say, on this side of the cross, after everything's been taken care of uh, by Jesus. Does that make, is that a clear way of saying it, Jeff? Yeah, and I, I'll add one thing to it, but yeah, I mean, that is, um, I mean that is certainly an angle where we're coming from, and once I and we've talked about a little bit about this before, but you know you pointed out the ver, or the what Ephesians one about before the foundation of the world, and yeah. I can never remember if it's First Timothy one or Second Timothy one talks about the grace given before the foundation of the world and all yeah. that. Then mm-hmm. we know in Revelation Jesus is referred to as the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So you know in that sense, if he's the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, it, it's like. I mean, Adam was even on this side of the cross. And well, now you're not getting a, deep. Not in okay, terms of yeah. time and all but that. The but, way God related right. to people was right. different after the cross. Right. That's well, what, yeah, kind of. But, I, uh, I but anyway, so. so the old Watchman E quote, those were we, that we yeah. liked and we put in the book, that law means um, you do, I do something for God. Grace means God does something for me. And we say law, I mean, we obviously have the Mosaic law, which is the classic example, but it can be any, any system, any sense of principles or whatever to where you need to do something in order to get God to do something for you, that's law. Yeah, yeah. And that We're not talking about civil laws. You should obey civil yeah. laws. It has nothing to do with that. This is law and how you relate to God. Well, let me say this. Let's go back to the foundation of the world thing. But you got to okay. admit that every the language all changed at the cross. It's not this, You don't hear the same kinds of talk in Malachi or Leviticus that you do in Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians. Well, I'd say partially. I mean, Psalms, there's a lot of... You know, blessed is who who sins. You know, the Lord will not account against it. Psalm yeah, thirty-two. There's a lot of stuff I mean, that's not right, real, right? There, I mean, it's, there's it's, law, it's a mix. But, but there's also, um, you know, there's also pictures of the new covenant that are, but overall, um, kind of there. The language, and there are yeah. all prophecies. I think, for instance, Psalm twenty-three is really a prophecy about what the new covenant would be. The Lord is being our shepherd, 
and doing. I think that's more new covenant. Well, the whole like it's it's interesting. I think I mentioned this a few months ago. The Psalm twenty two through twenty four. It's an interesting three chapter mm-hmm. parallel. I mean, Psalm twenty two is obviously a messianic psalm yeah. about the cross. There's all kinds of stuff in that chapter, and then twenty three, the valley of the shadow of death, and the shepherd, and all that. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the grave. But then twenty Psalm twenty four, the, the King of Glory shall come in and lift up your gates, and so yeah, that's, that's kind of a picture of the resurrection. But we that, so. but we, and we've said many times that the Sermon on the Mount, for instance, is Jesus really trying to lead the Jews to a place where they recognize they need a savior. I mean, it's to make the law so difficult. And so that's language that you see before the cross that you don't hear after the cross. Right. Parts, I mean, even parts of the Sermon on the Mount, though, you know, he says, don't worry. You know, well, that doesn't relax. mean. So that's not, but I mean, and so Paul says, you know, Paul talks about not worrying as well. So right. there are aspects that are carried over kind of the general thing. Oh, yeah, there that, are yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. aspects. of, and, but, but it's not before the law, before the cross, I believe, it was more about you do these things to be on God's good side. There, there are a lot of things that Jesus, he reveals. Um, his heart reveals what's best, what's good. I mean, there are admonitions to forgive, for instance, mm-hmm. and all that, and we, we believe in that. Uh, but, the, but the language shifted and a lot of a lot of the language that Jesus used evaporates after the cross. Yeah. After that, nobody in, on this side of the cross in Paul's writings, Peter, John, nobody says, take up your cross anymore. Nobody says you got to deny yourself because now you can put on the new self, which right. was not possible to do before the cross, in my opinion. Uh, you could put on a new self. I mean that's why you denied the old the self yeah. that you had. And you didn't take you took up your cross then because Jesus had not yet been crucified. Now we have been crucified with Christ. Yeah. That's why Paul never tells anybody, "Hey, you need to be you know taking up your cross here and uh, following Jesus." That language does not happen after the cross. And I would, and I think you would agree with me on this that when we say you know God dealt with them according to what you know they did for God, it wasn't. I mean, nobody ever got got gain God's favor by doing right. that. It was, Abraham know? was still justified it, by faith. Right, right. And so, I mean, Abraham I'm, was I'm, before the law. Noah right. found grace in the eyes of right. the Lord. That's the first time grace is mentioned. That's always way before the law. And so the law was given for a specific purpose. It wasn't that God used law for people to get right with him for a while, and then he changed his mind or no. came with him. Law was for the purpose of showing people that they could not get right with God right. through right. their own effort. They, they needed we needed something. But... Um, is the law is a tutor to bring us to Christ. Yeah, yeah. So the law kind of helps you along to say, you know, you really do need some help here, and you're not going to be able to do this on your own, and you do, in fact, need a Savior. You need what the angels told the shepherds in the field that they were getting. The night Jesus was born, they said, you're going to get a Savior. That's what's being born. And so Jesus did grow up, obviously, and then he did uh, give his life on the cross and then resurrect again, which was the game changer. And Hebrews makes it very clear that that's the point point at which the inheritance kicks in. There is no inheritance. Agree with that? There is no inheritance unless somebody dies. Yeah. Again, I would say, though, he was slain before the foundation well, of the world. So I would say that's time. In that's when in time it was revealed but see, with that. Yeah, so. but Hebrews doesn't go into that aspect. No, it doesn't. Hebrews doesn't. But Hebrews doesn't. Yeah, I understand, do, that, so. I understand yeah. that God is outside of time, yeah. and I believe what God has done is, is outside of time. Um, but um, it says, you know, at it, it, the at the cross, or because of the new covenant, that he has abolished forever um, the old covenant. And so, yeah, I mean, in the, the better covenant, I, I'm long as I can remember, I, I was told that Hebrews and, and right, so mean is the theme of it is a better covenant compared to the old covenant and all that. But you see, know, why is it a better covenant? That's what I didn't realize till late mm-hmm. in life. I always heard there was a better covenant. I thought it was a better covenant because we didn't have to do animal sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, before. we'd have to go to all but, the yeah. festivals. Yeah, okay, that's a lot better. We have to do all that. Well. 
<laughs> you know, you know, it's interesting. I thought of this on the way out here. You know, so God tells Adam and Eve that you know, don't eat of this tree. In the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Well, there have been no laws given, and even that wasn't a law. That was just a warning. It's kind of like you know, if we tell our kids, "Don't play in the streets, you'll get hurt." Well, we're not. You know, if they, if they play in the street and get hurt, it's not us punishing them. It's not us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, it's just a natural consequence. You know, don't jump off the roof of the house; you could break your leg. Well, so if someone jumps off the roof of the house. You know, if kids do that, I'm not punishing them with a broken leg. God's that's just what happens with that. And so mm-hmm. it's just interesting that that you know that sense of death came not from breaking. You know, because there was no law at that time; it right. was just the warning of that. But uh, I thought of that term, "better covenant," along with "better gospel." You know, we different forms of the gospel, and so the true gospel is the better gospel. We could say. Along with well, the there wasn't a so, go- I, there wasn't much of a gospel before. Well, I'm talking for about me. for today. Yeah, I'm talking about for oh, today. Okay. The, the the things right. that get presented as the gospel. All right, now I'm going to ask you a trick question, okay? I'll, I'll I'm ready. You right, right now it's a trick question. Are you under law? No. Yes or no? No. Yes, you are. You're wrong. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to tell you. Paul said we're not under law, but under grace. All right, well, he also Paul said this. Too. This is Paul in <laughs> Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now the no the condemnation for those who are in Christ. Jesus. for the law of the spirit of life has set you free from uh, in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So you're not under the law of sin and death. Yeah. But the law, <laughs> he's just, bro, oh, yeah, right. right. Just, bro, well, I mean, it is interesting to think of that as a law. That's then a law, Explain that too. to Paul. Explain that to Paul. I know? just He's the one that said it. Well, then <laughs> evidently, he changed, did he change his mind between no, chapter 6 and chapter 8? No, so. it's the way you use the word law. Right. He was saying you're I not under that. the law that. of the old covenant, right. but there is a new, better law, and it's the law that the Spirit gives you life and freedom in Christ. That's still a law, too. Right. I mean, that's a law. I mean, that's it's just well, it's total like, semantic. I mean, total. No, but I, okay, it's I not mean, because it's, it's helpful to think of that as also a law. Well, it, God put in a law that through Jesus, you are free. That's now the law. It's not a law that you got to do something. Okay, all right, you're missing. I'm telling you, you're missing something good here. All right, all right, go ahead. All right, what, what else you got? Oh, I'll just jump here. all over your, whichever okay. you have. Um, okay, someone gave me a, a uh, met with a friend the other day that listens to our podcast on a regular basis, and someone had handed him. I'm holding in my hand here for those who can't see, which is everybody other than Roger. Um, a track. Remember these, you know, kind of evangelistic tracks and yeah. all that. Oh, yeah. And so a friend of mine um, was approached by someone out in public somewhere, and you know, and gave him this track. And so he saved it to give it. Is to it me. one of those chick publications or whatever? Is it one of those? What just, do they call that? Wasn't that a publishing company that? Well, there's lots of different companies. Well, there was one really big one that was bigger than no, I don't think right, this one is either. Right, so anyway, so right. on the front of it, you know, it says the, the biggest words that stand out, you got paid in full and good news. You see that? You yep. got white letters on, on a red banner there. And it says, I'm reading from the cover, everyone likes good news. There is so much disappointment today. It is refreshing to hear of something that encourages, brings a smile, or causes hope. Okay. I'm good with that. that that's that's yeah. good news. I like that. Right. Then it goes into all the stuff in the middle. You know, the best news of all time is revealed to us in the Bible as the gospel. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, the you word move gospel, on now? Is that, the gospel is that all you means got? good news. But then you get to the back page. Oh. My okay. friend, you are a sinner, and your sin separates you from God and condemns you to hell. Well, that doesn't sound like good news. <laughs> I mean, it kind of turned, it kind of turned a corner there, didn't <laughs> yeah, it? Okay. A bait and switch here. But, you know, my friend, you're, now I understand where they're coming from and all this, and I was there myself. Well, this is from a... Uh, a church in Ohio that that printed these out or may produce these, but um, you know that does kind of raise a question, and, I, and I've kind of, you know, I was taught in it for evangelism that you have to 
make someone appreciate the bad news before they can understand the good news mm-hmm. type of thing. And I'm I'm not sure that's true anymore. I mean, I don't think I don't think we have to. And so basically, they're saying you have to preach bad news before you can preach the good I news. Could, I can answer this there. for so, you. What's that? I can shed a lot of light on this. I think there is an element you have to understand the message, but it's not our job to tell people that. That's what the Holy Spirit does when Jesus said that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. <laughs> I'm going to disagree so, with some of those two. Okay. This is an interesting well, podcast. I think, really. I think that, well, I mean, don't you think that people people well, do need to know that they need a Savior, which means you know that you need something, and you may not know what it is, but you know you need, you need, you need something. And it's not our job to beat people down, I don't believe, right. and make sure they understand they're sinners. I believe the Holy Spirit can do that without us. Go ahead. All right. Tell me where I'm wrong. The Well, just and only partially. that that And I've changed a little bit on that verse in, in John 16, uh, he will convict the world of sin. I think it's a mistake to view that phrase, the world, as all of those non-Christians. Okay. That, I mean, because they do not believe in Jesus. Okay. Is there any aspect in which... You and I, are there aspects of who Jesus is and what he's done that we don't yet see? How would you answer that? So is there an aspect? Oh, well, sure. But, okay, I, okay. But, but we've been taken out of the world. We're not characterized as people of the world. Right. I, well, yeah, I mean, I, I get that too. But but the, but you would agree that there are aspects of who Jesus is and what he's done that we, that you and I have not well, sure, yet seen. Sure, but that's irrelevant so, to that Well, scripture. you're not letting me finish okay, here. Right, okay. <laughs> I don't think it is irrelevant. And so in that regard, we don't yet believe in that aspect of who Jesus is and what he's done. I mean, that's we, been my we don't experience. understand it anyway. No, okay, we, well, we don't believe we don't it. Don't believe. I mean, we, okay. don't, we can't trust in what we've don't, not seen. Okay. We, can't, right. we can't trust. And so in that regard, I think the Holy Spirit still works in our hearts to reveal aspects of unbelief that we've not yet seen. Does, does the whole, you believe so the Holy the Spirit? just everybody there. Do you, do you believe the Holy Spirit still convicts of sin? Convicts of believers of unbelief, sin? Of unbelief. Of course, oh, so only the sin of unbelief. That's not what that says, though. Oh, it says, yes, it says, it goes on the next verse of sin because they do not believe in me or something Well, because they don't believe. It doesn't say the sin of not believing, the big of sin because (laughs) they don't believe. They don't believe and so Uh, they don't know. So you don't think the Holy Spirit would lead somebody to believe, you know, I have a need here. I've messed up and I need a Savior. I need God. You don't believe there's any aspect of conviction. you well, in terms conviction. of a sense of guilt, no. I don't a think the Holy con- Spirit brings a sense of guilt. A sense of, okay, it doesn't say guilt, but a sense of need, a sense of conviction okay, I've that, done wrong and that I uh, need Well, to, conviction I've done wrong, that's guilt. I mean, that, as opposed to... Well, I need a Savior, I mean, that I realize I can't do this. I well, it depends on whether we get a legal framework or a um, so you, curative framework. Well, okay, so you don't believe the Holy Spirit relates to unbelievers any differently than he relates to believers? Um, probably not. Neither See, I totally disagree with that. So, I to- would totally disagree with that. So the, I mean, we're, okay, this, are any of us, I think it's a mistake to categorize everybody as strictly, you're, you're either a total unbeliever or you're a total believer. I think we grow in our faith and we grow in our belief. Well, you grow so in I think your faith are in, do any once of us you believe, believe in Jesus. So do you believe perfectly now? No, but I believe in Jesus. I believe. But do you in, believe in, in Jesus perfectly now? Well, but that's not the that's not the uh-huh. criteria. It's uh-huh. not the criteria to believe perfectly. But, well, it's I know. A childlike I faith. You can have a childlike exactly. faith, but you do grow in that faith, and you do believe more. Yeah, we that. disagree on so this. There. We so disagree on this there. point. So, there is a difference between how God relates to people who have made a decision to believe in Jesus, put their faith in Jesus, and people who haven't. I think for everybody, the Holy Spirit reveals Christ to everybody to some degree. 
or another. I mean, some are more blind than others, and all that. You know, he's not the well, accuser. Not. Of, you know, he's not the accuser of the brethren. Or yeah, anybody. but I'm talking I mean, about not, that though. I, I'm, I'm not. And, I'm and okay the, with the Second Corinthians five. The Second Corinthians five. You know, not holding what's that verse say that we quote a lot, eighteen or nineteen. And holding just men sin against them. Yeah, and so I, I think that's the Holy Spirit does it. So if 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 I say the Holy Spirit is convicting people of their guilt of their sin, then that's contradicting Romans five. Not to, there, so not. not to me, it's no. not. Not to me, it's not. No, it's not. Because it's talking about unbelievers. Well, that's the world. In, in 2 Corinthians 5, 18, it's well, the world. Convict, okay, he's not holding them against them. That doesn't mean they don't have sin or they don't have a need for a Savior. God's not, God, you know, I can I can reveal something that's wrong when, that my kids were doing growing up. That doesn't mean I'm holding it against them. Right. Okay. But I can still well, that's reveal, true for all of us, you know. That's true for all of us. That's true for us today, too. I mean, the Holy Spirit still reveals Christ. And well, I think what's going on, and I forget if it's John 16 or John 14. 16. 16. I, think, I don't think that's talking about revealing Christ to us. He convicts the world of sin. And you're saying it's only the sin of unbelief. I'm not sure well, I believe I've that. I've got to look that up. Here. Okay. Stoffer, right. here, can you fill in some time while I look this up here? All right. Well, I, um, let's see. Well, you know, I wasn't going to take you to look it up. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, so I guess okay, if you're here, listening so, to the podcast, you can go get something to right, drink John, down. John, right, here John 16, right. 8. So the work of the Holy Spirit, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. There you go. That's my point. Well, that's <laughs> it. They don't there believe in him. So there, so there he's convicting them of sin because they don't believe in him. That's the sin, or they don't believe in him, so they have sin that they... But you're saying that he does that to believers and unbelievers equally. I'm saying he reveals... To all of us, the areas he reveals Christ to us to, to show that there's the other See, verse. You're, you're, you're seeing Corinthians. this on a spectrum. Like, well, he does it a whole lot to people who don't believe in Jesus. I mean, he has to do a little bit to us because we just still think we need to do the same. I don't believe it's a spectrum. I believe it's he convicts the world, people who are in the world, because he says we've been taken out of the world. We've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Well, it says we're. I mean, we're we're not of the world, but we are in the world. We're, we're in, yeah. yeah we're so. on this planet, but we're not of the world, and so I don't believe. I guess it may come down to how you interpret of the world. You know, I don't believe that believers in Jesus are of the world, and I believe that's a scripture or a statement about people who are of the world. The world, you know, I have to go that verse. Okay, so. But anyway, how do we get on this? I don't know, because you made <laughs> a track. statement that wasn't that, true, that, and so that I had track. to kind of correct no, it. I no, think no, that's no, how it so. got started. You know, this is an example, though, of, I mean, it's so easy to find little areas of disagreement, and then people totally divide over it and go in separate camps and just find people that only agree with them and all that. So, I mean, it's it's good to be able to well, I'm, I'm a part of. I disagree. probably should have told you this earlier. I'm a part of the first church of the Holy Spirit <laughs> conviction. <laughs> And uh, that's what we put our stake in the ground, and that's what we believe. And we're not going to budge on that because that's our church doctrine. That's what distinguishes us. And so, uh, you know, there you go. So. <laughs> no comment on that. <laughs> no, nothing at all. You got, you got nothing for all that. Oh, okay. I, just, I just do. You were, you were uh, saying that in jest right. and not to be taken seriously and all that. So all right. I'm looking over my stuff, uh, see what else well, I got. You I got, got something, something else. Yeah, first of okay. all, let me tell you something. We've, we've made a mistake by saying there's just like two covenants, the old covenant and the new covenant. I have identified four covenants. All right? Let me tell you what they are. Tell me what you think. There's the old covenant, which is really the Mosaic so you, Okay, when you say old, you're saying Mosaic. A mosaic. Okay, all right. 613 rules. It was predominantly about behavior. 
a lot of Jewish traditions that were subject to sacrifice, the festivals, and all that. And even though I agree that the issue was always, has always been about faith, there still was a system of God is obligating his people to follow these instructions. Mm-hmm. 613. Okay. And then, of course, actually, I'll jump ahead. Then, of course, we've talked about the new covenant. Okay. The new covenant is what Jesus paid for us on the cross. This is a covenant where Jesus has paid the full price. We are children of God. Um, he has forgiven all sin. As described in Hebrews. As described in Hebrews. So that's the new covenant. All right. Well, there's also another covenant. I think I think it's... We're well, not talking about the... I mean, they've got the Noahic covenant and the no, Davidic no, no, no. covenant. Yeah, I know that. that. I know I mean, that, too. So I know but functional those. covenants that people live under today okay. in relation to God. I think there's a covenant... We've kind of, I think people kind of operate as if there's a, what they call Bible covenant. Okay. okay. Where it's not about necessarily the Jewish traditions... And it's really not about what Jesus has done for us. It's just about you got to do the stuff in the Bible. You got to believe mm-hmm. the whole Bible, which means you got to believe the Ten Commandments are operational today. You got to believe in discipleship. You've got to believe that the Bible, not Jesus, is the Word of God. You've got to, you have an allegiance. To, you know, remember in camp, it's more you know, we we, shit, we, we we pledged allegiance to the Bible. Vacation Bible School. I remember more from yeah. Vacation Bible School than camp. Isn't that interesting, yeah. though? The yeah. Bible. Yeah. Well, we're not even well, we under most flag. of the Bible. We're not even under that covenant. We had the Christian flag, too. Yeah, remember we had the that? Christian flag. I, did, did other, I wonder, I'm curious now. Did other yeah. denominations oh, yeah. have the Christian oh, flag yeah. and all that? Oh, too? yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, bet, I bet I could. I'm not going to do it, but I bet, I bet but, we could both quote those pledges right see, now off of memory. From this is, okay, we're getting off track here. This, <laughs> this is where, though, people have to feel like they have to defend everything in the Bible. So a lot of times to get a, somebody to come into it, be a believer under this Bible covenant, then they've got to accept your definition of how creation happened. Was it a literal six days? Have we literally been, is it a young earth, 6,000 years? Um, you've got to convince them then that the whole Jonah story was accurate. That you, I mean, there's a whole lot of things we kind of have to convert people to because we want them to believe the Bible. And we're not saying those things. We're not saying the yeah. Jonah didn't happen yeah. all that. So yeah. we're, not, we're not saying no, I'm, I'm those saying, aren't, weren't literal, I mean, but we're just saying that's not where we yeah, hang our hat on. Yeah, you know? it's not an issue of you've yeah. got to accept all the hard stuff of the whole Bible before you can come into this. But we've kind right. of done that. All right. All right. One more. And there's also a social covenant. Now, that's, I think, incredibly prominent today. And this is where mm-hmm. the follow Jesus covenant. Now, there's one story in the Gospels that is always preached on in this kind of a church. Now, this is the kind of church that says, you know, Jesus is our example. And I, when I tell you to, I bet you'll agree with him. I'm, trying, we'll to think, see, I'm okay? trying to think of the story ahead of all time. Right, okay. But we're supposed to, you know, of course, we're supposed to be loving. We're supposed to be kind, which I agree with all of that. But it's become a social thing where we've got to be the kind of people that, you know, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, what would Jesus do? It's all that stuff where we have to kind of just be let him be our example in life. It has nothing to do really with what Jesus paid for us on the cross. Really doesn't have a lot to do with the resurrection, even though we talk about the resurrection. It's really about, you know, we talk about read the red, you know, it's really about mm-hmm. just emulating and carrying on what Jesus started in the gospels. And the one story that they almost always preach on is the woman at the well, because Jesus cut across social boundaries. Okay. And I do like that story. It is yeah. a valid point. Or a good Samaritan. I bet the good Samaritans use well, I usually hear, the well. Well, I usually hear, here's the thing about the woman at the well. She she covers several different demographics. She's a woman, number one, mm-hmm. and she's a different race. She's a mixed race. So it cuts across racial boundaries and, and uh, male and gender boundaries. Right. And Jesus specifically sat down with her. It is a great story. I mean, I, and I don't discount 
those points and at all. And she was not exactly a, uh, yeah, she the wasn't pinnacle a, of moral yeah, yeah, she perfection wasn't a moral, there. Yeah, she wasn't the pinnacle of morality. And so there's a whole lot about that story that I, that I absolutely love that story. But that's kind of what we've converted people to also, this kind of social aspect. This Jesus is pretty much a Middle Eastern social worker type, mm-hmm. and we just kind of carry on that work. And that's a mistake. That's not the gospel. And the gospel is the new covenant which Jesus died and paid for us and freely offers us. And and from that, a lot of times you will do a lot of these things. Those things could still flow out of you, but that's not the essence of the covenant that we should be living under. All right, go ahead. Tell me where yeah, I'm wrong. No, I, I would. I, I don't don't think I argue with that one. Um, you know, in the Bible, I, I had this written down that goes a little bit along with that. That I read this off Facebook that. You know, that, that uh, verse that Jesus quotes in the temptation, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that evidently the word proceeds, um, or every word there, the word every means complete, the complete word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Well, why, what was the complete revelation out of the mouth of God? It was Jesus. It was Jesus. Yeah. And so, you know, the Hebrews 1, that he has spoken to us through his son. So when we think of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, we think of Jesus. You know, he is the complete word. He is every word. That proceeds from the mouth of God, so yeah. that's the picture of yeah. that. Um, yeah, I mean the whole, you know, there's still a, um, you know, and we don't want to minimize, you know, good deeds and loving one another and and things well, it's like fruit. that. It's that fruit. is, yeah, it is. But it and it's also, um, I mean, there's so much. I mean, I'm still amazed in Paul's epistles of how much of it is just get along with one another. Yeah, listen, <laughs> you, well, so you brought up a good part. Okay, about worry. Let's other. talk it's about worry for a second, for instance, because because that is something Jesus talked about and Paul talks about. Mm-hmm. That's the story. So when I read now where Jesus talks about worry, I don't feel oh I'm really blowing it now. I'm really I've got to do this right. better for God. I feel like wow, God doesn't want me to worry, and I don't have yeah. to worry. That's kind of a an inspirational thing to me. Now, not a an obligation if I'm worrying now, all of a sudden God does not like me or God puts yeah. me out of his fellowship. So, so it's a whole say, different... Yeah, well, I would say that I don't think Jesus meant it that way in Matthew 6. I think we took it that way and people take it that way. You know, I think he's telling them, I don't think he's saying it really much different than Paul. I don't think he's saying that. I'm not saying yes. There, I think, I think so, but, we take it though. We still right, interpret right, it through the it. new covenant. Right, yeah. And we, or we can take Paul's. That way too, we can interpret either one of them. We can interpret Paul's exhortations. What often often gets done, we can take we Paul's can, yeah. exhortations in an old covenant lens. Oh well, sure, that. Yeah. you could. I mean, I don't so either yeah. one can yeah. be taken either way. But for yeah. instance, I used to see even when I see something Jesus say something. It says Jesus lived and died under the old covenant. Very clear about right. that in Galatians. Yeah. So even when he says something in, under the old covenant, that's a, a instruction to do. It's not a for me. It's not a where I better do this to get into the kingdom of God and make God love me and make God uh, approve of me and all that. It's okay, and, and and I believe when you do read, it kind of opens the door for the Holy Spirit to supernaturally do it through you anyway, where you don't have to necessarily work on trying to. Okay, I gotta make sure I'm not worrying here, you know. But um, anyway, so you agree with that? I think so. This has been an interesting podcast. A little different. We mixed it up a little bit, didn't we? <laughs> this may be the last podcast we ever yeah. have. We may be separating. Oh, oh did you see the email? We, we have now done 250 podcasts. I did see that. I wasn't going to bring that up because I, I don't know. I, I see other people kind of promoting how many this or that they've had or whatever. So, so you, yeah. you tell me I need Big to deal. stop the order on the plaque need... we're going to put on the wall. <laughs> now 250. I got to, well, I mean, you know. I, thought, I just thought it was an interesting yeah, little tidbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 250 times we've come up with something to talk about. It's 251 now, I guess. Yeah, 251. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to Podcast 251. 